Hello and welcome to Nobody's Favorite Video Game Podcast, themed cooking and travel podcast, Dad and Sons, the Bunny Hop Podcast, soon to be its standalone podcast without the Bunny Hop Podcast subtitled moniker podcast. I'm your hostess with the mostest, George <laughs> Weedman. Akumashite omedetou gozaimasu from Japan. Happy New Year. Uh, I'm Liam. Um, I'm just, I'm just Matt, chilling in Cali. <laughs> You're just Matt. I'm just Matt. Hey, hey, just Matt. I'm Dad. <laughs> so we're back from our weekly holiday hiatus. Um, um, I'm actually at Magfest. I, I, I kept traveling. I never stopped because I guess I'm just like some some cool drifter, wandering soul who never, never settles to settle down. Some sleepless a, nomad. Moving from uh, one couch to the sleepless next is the truth. I I finally, I finally had a bed um, last night for about six hours, after uh, sleeping on a couch the night before and an air bed for, for two nights before. And Did I just say bat. air bed? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm gonna stick with that. I'm gonna keep calling it an air bed because it wasn't. Good. Yeah, you were complaining about it, so. I think I had a better experience than Matt though with his Walmart air bed that didn't deflate. Or inflate throughout the night. Mm. 2019, year of the air bad. You know, I still haven't returned that. I really do. <laughs> How much? So, so when I was at Walmart shopping for air bads, I saw like three different tiers. There was a $26 one that looked flat and flaccid and kind of mm. like not very enthusiastic to be there. There was a $66 one that was the one I ended up buying. It's like two floors up. Well, not two floors, but but two two airbags worth of height upwards, and it was it was uh it was it was it was bad, but not great. Um, and then there was a one hundred and thirty six dollar one that was like some king sized luxurious cup holder party mattress. Yeah. I I I wonder who buys those. So what kind of parties they're throwing? Could we like quantify this into a scientific theory where? The, there is a dollar threshold for when an air bed becomes an air bed. Yeah, yeah, I think you got to pay up for that $136 tier to graduate. On why you just, at that point, why don't you just buy a bed? <laughs> I, 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 you get really close because then you start reaching to those Amazon uh, foam bed ter- territory around that price. Yeah. You know, oh, wait, is it just like a whole mattress made out of memory foam? Like, do yeah. you just sink down inside of it? Yeah. Like, like it depends simulated on the quicksand? Mattress. Yeah, some of them you sink down into it, and it's like real nice. Well, some of them wait, are that's firm. nice. That's that's what the kids want these days. Man, I must be getting real old. You never heard of foam in the box? You never heard of Casper? You never heard of Purple? You never, well, Purple is a bit different. Wait, but. Casper? Don't don't they do podcast sponsorships? <laughs> 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 Wow, you're, you're gonna lay on it, and you're gonna be like, "Oh yes, this this is well worth my my selling out." Oh, what have we put in our mattresses today, boys? <laughs> what have oh, we smuggled no. through the borders in our mattresses? <laughs> my license and registration, obviously, <laughs> and all those guns that the police put there. <laughs> oh snap! I mean. <laughs> I I, I, I want to make sure to keep a low profile because I uh, looked out my window from the hotel here at MAGFest in National Harbor, Maryland, and saw Air Force One. Whoa, really? Yeah, if you go to myairforceone.com, you'll see the uh, little tourist trap replica they have set outside the Gaylord Hotel at MAGFest. It's a full-sized replica of Air Force One. 
that they give kids tours through that's just sitting in the parking lot. <laughs> some, some, you know, perfectly normal, you know, yeah. terrorist-looking fellas maybe uh, on holiday just want to find out the intricate details of the blueprints and floor layouts of... Uh, yeah, the, the weakest breach points. Yeah. Where's the material a little weaker? Which, uh, in, in, in true Rainbow Six Siege fan tradition, which surfaces are, are penetrable and which aren't? Talking about beds. Oh, that's right. This is the most enjoyable 2019 introductory topic we've, we possibly could have gone with. But having slept on hard futons for a long time now, mm. I had the opportunity to sleep in a bed for the first time in a while... And like Matt going back to the the sort of sinking into the mattress feeling that the kids want these days. <laughs> it's the latest I trend. woke up with the worst backache in the world after sleeping in a bed. It's because your body's not used to it. have destroyed yeah, me. You, you get used to inferior quality sleeping surfaces. Yeah, it's like I'm allergic to comfort. Yeah, it takes yeah, I, yeah, I can, I can remember my time in Japan. Everyone seemed to be allergic to comfort. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, that should be Japan's slogan. Yeah, yeah, they don't Come have a lot of seats. Come sit on our chairs. They are not comfortable. Have a lot of seats on on the subway. They'd rather just like stand and dangle on those little handholds. I know, right? They they, they, no they don't have beds. No seats on on the streets. No, the first no Airbnb. That that I stayed at uh, had uh, for this trip in particular had a beanbag instead of a couch, and it was not a suitable replacement. <laughs> the first chair I owned was a beanbag chair. I, what's what's the deal with the beanbag chairs over there? Why are there more beanbag chairs than regular chairs? I don't know, George. As as you actually, this is a good point. George, the first thing George did when he walked into my apartment was criticize the fact that I had a, quote, gamer chair. Oh, yeah. Your, your racing chair. Didn't Matt my, get one of those? Yeah. My, my cheap-ass Japanese knockoff one that cost $80, <laughs> which was my like little present to myself after finishing Flitspire. You immediately criticized it. And, I, and then hey. what, did, what did I do, George? I don't. I don't know if I criticized it. I think the uh, the exact quotes I said were, "Whoa, cool, awesome." No, no, no. Chair. It was more like, "Oh, <laughs> you gaming chair. Of course, Liam, you have a gaming chair. Oh, wow. Yeah. Matt had a gamer chair, and I was so jealous. <laughs> and then I pulled out the old chair I used to sit on, which <laughs> I subse- which I subsequently made George sit on for the whole time he was here. Uh, was just basically four metal prongs oh. with a I don't know like a cardboard bucket for him to sit like, like delicately balanced between the four <laughs> I spent two years podcasting on that shitty ass chair well when I moved so, over here I, I sold I sold that chair sold everything in the chair and now I'm in this this nice Walmart uh, $30 chair and it's, it's, it's doing alright you know so, nice it doesn't have the support and the lumbar pillows. And <laughs> <laughs> Stepping up, Matt, I see. Stepping but, up. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm good. It's good enough. It's, it's good enough. I'm pretty sure I'll, yeah. I'll have back pain uh, eventually. 
But for the rest of your life. That's actually a trade-off because you are going to live 10 years longer than the rest of us because you got you got a better diet. <laughs> a better diet. Oh, oh. But listen here. I've, I've had, well, I guess I still do have a better diet, don't I? I had some. I had some fish. I had some fish. Oh, you, you graduate. Oh. I'm proud of you, son. <laughs> <laughs> My elimination knew, diet is over. I knew one day you'd accomplish great things <laughs> and graduate from <laughs> vegan. <laughs> oh, all the hate in the room. Oh my god, I don't feel loved anymore. I have to rethink I, my, this. I, I am with you. Uh, I ate a lot of fish recently i bet you did because in japan obviously it's new year and new year is like the most popular time in japan and all they do is eat boxes and boxes of fish boxes yeah isn't Wait, that what? when when you give gifts to the kids during christmas you're supposed to give gifts to your your your, your couple person your significant other mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and during new year's i think it was like the the magical time where the kids get free stuff well they don't get gifts they get money <laughs> yeah, starting them off early. Yeah, all sure guts. You you give the kids money, but uh, traditionally what they do is on on New Year's Day they have uh, osechi, which is like a, a pre- specially prepared box, like a bento, big bento box mm. that has like lots and lots of small dishes in it that everyone just picks out. But it's kind of pretty much just all variations of fish. Which, for someone like me who doesn't eat fish very often, considering I would live in Japan as well, which is weird, um, it's kind of scary. Some of that fish, like, staring back at me with its dead, oh, they burned don't out chop eyes. the head off? No, like, some of them are like, uh, we had, I can't remember what it's called, it was like called Goma, Goma Mame, or Goma Me. It was like, uh, I, I remember lots of, balls. like, kind of. Lots and lots of tiny cooked fish from head to tail, completely fucking all bones in, whatever. And they're covered in like some sort of sticky soy sauce, and then they're covered in sesame seeds on top. Obviously, goma being sesame in J- Japanese, and, and it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was all right. So, do you pick around the head, or are you... Nope, you well, stick I guess it you in your pick mouth, the bones. and you crunch down on that thing, and then you swallow. Oh. You eat the bones? Yeah, it's really small. They're, like, maybe, like, uh, half a finger oh. in size. How do the eyes go down? Uh, their eyes are kind of burnt out at this point. They kind of just don't exist. Ah! Yeah, and but the, the, you know, if you imagine that like half a finger in size, and which means there has to be a lot uh, of them, so there's like a hundred of them in this little bowl, and you're like, nope. that's a lot of dead fish. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Matt, you're just you're just nope. Nope. Speaking of New Year's and holidays, guys, I guess we should talk about video games or something <laughs> similar to that. <laughs> Did you play really any video tough. games on your holidays? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's time because for spending with I family. have not. True. For once, it might actually be Matt and I who get to talk about more video games than Liam. I mean, I've played a little bit of one game over the holidays, but I spent. I've done like Matt's role. Like, I recently got my Netflix subscription back, so I've been like watching a lot of Netflix. Yeah, boy. Did you do the the Bandersnatch? 
I did the Bandersnatch. Yeah, I, I did the Bandersnatch. Matt, did you do the Bandersnatch? I, I didn't finish it. Didn't have enough time. Ah, oh, okay, uh, uh, okay. Don't spoil just because I do want to do the Bandersnatch. I just got horrifically sick over the weekend when I was planning to and slept for 20 hours over Saturday. Okay, so I guess we won't. This won't be the Bandersnatch spoiler cast. We'll let it. We'll let yeah. it sit for a bit longer so other people yeah. can enjoy it as well. What I will say is, I'm incredibly surprised to see how many people are fucking arguing about this thing. Like, is it a game? It is it a visual a novel? Is it a oh. laser disc thing? Is it a oh, movie? It's semantics. Like, oh my god, yeah. shut up! It's an experience, right? It's it is a really unique and interesting experience. I do, in hindsight, think it's a little weak Oof. overall. Like, okay. it does something Well, how many really... times have you played it, Liam? I have. Did you, did you play it on hard mode? I played through it twice, and I got, like, at least Whoa. five or six of the different variations of endings at the different oh. points throughout the story, you know? Oh. The thing I don't like about it is um, it doesn't... It's not really meant to have, like, a chronological ending, so... It's like it's it's just a thing that it has multiple pathways through it. It is as the plot implies, it's a choose your own adventure kind of thing. Um, where, but it starts out as a story about this kid called Stefan. He doesn't really have like a resolution because he's kind of like a, he is like in a weird avatar for you. Well, he's not an avatar; you're con- controlling him, which is part of the plot. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's weird. It's very Black Mirror. It is definitely very Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I remember that that gamer episode, and I think I was a little less impressed than you guys were. And I'm wondering if if this might be a reverse what, like a Kojima episode. Yeah, yeah. There was the like crazy Asian looking guy who had a crazy looking video game that drove the guy crazy. Yeah, yeah, and it's really weird because you know he like has the framed edge copy like the edge magazine mm-hmm. like actually on the edge magazine it says bandersnatch review Ooh. oh so nice nice bit of foreshadowing uh there's a lot of there's a lot of black mirror episode references in bandersnatch as well um most notably the black like, mirror television universe i guess is the yeah thing yeah there's a lot of like references to other <laughs> characters and episodes are we in the Black Mirror universe, Maybe. though? Oh Ooh, Everything Maybe. is a simulation. What if your mom was technology? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like, go through it. Maybe twice. Get different endings. But go watch a YouTube video that shows you all the endings. Because it's not worth going through all the different times to see all the variations. But some of the variations are pretty cool and really unique. How long, how long does it take? Uh, probably the first time you go through it. Like, it, there are choices you'll make that will stop the story prematurely and it will then allow you... It will be like, do you want to make a different choice? And then so you can continue the story. Um, probably an hour and a half. Okay. I would say. That's, that's comfy. Yeah. And then just, night and just watch a 10-minute YouTube video that explains all the other endings. <laughs> wow. That... Uh, what, what does the interface for making decisions... What does the interface for making decisions look like? It kind of reminded Black me Black. of Heavy Rain. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, no, 
It doesn't have like Jason, Jason, Jason spinning around. No, the but guy's you, head. you know how the characters in Heavy Rain kind of pause as they're like, yeah. and then their bodies are sort of twitching a little bit because it's like waiting for you, the player, to make an input. But you see real people do that? Well, you don't. It's like it's actually pretty good at it, but that's what it reminded me of. Like, they'll focus on a character's face and they'll get ever closer because you only have a 10 second timer for every choice. In Bandersnatch, there's a 10-second timer, and you only have either uh, you have a 50-50 choice. Uh, And then the timer counts down. But what it does is it'll zoom in on a a character's face or, like, on an object, and the the light of the shot will grow really dark towards the focus. So it's pretty good in that way of not making it look weird in a movie. kind of does look like a character's pausing for thoughts. But my immediate thing was, like, this is weirdly, like, heavy rain or something. Now... Are, did you do Frosties or Sugar Puffs? That's like the real question here. Frosties, man. Okay, okay. All right, we're good. We're. I'm glad, I'm glad to know I put my faith in you. I, I remember Broken Age. Dude, I'd take a bullet for you. Frosties every day. Uh, and I also was wondering how they have the, the tech of this situation set up. Like, how responsive are the controls? I... I assume you're you're streaming a. I I play I played GUI? I played slash watched slash experienced it on PlayStation Four, so I could just use <laughs> I could just use the D pad to make a choice. I don't know what it's like on like smart TVs or something where you have to use a TV remote. I don't know. Did, did it feel responsive? Yeah, no, it, it works oh fine. God. Like it's easy, and um, are, and are you it really even talking makes... about this? <laughs> are we really talking about the responsive? Yeah, it's all sixty frames. George. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, no, it's what, like, I did, what I will say well, that was interesting weird. was that when a choice comes up, because you're because you get like sucked in, you know, you get immersed into watching a movie because it is a movie still. It your controller vibrates when a choice comes up. Whoa! They put vibration in there. They did. They put DualShock vibration in there. If you watch on PlayStation Four, when a choice appears, the controller will vibrate. The way Netflix is meant to be played. <laughs> I got surprised because I was watching it and it would go on for like twenty minutes without asking me to make a choice, and it'll vibrate. And I'm like, "Oh, what the fuck was that?" I can't believe that Minecraft Story Mode precipitated this. Yeah. See, okay, it's not that weird to ask because I'm wondering how they. How they, they 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 did the programming behind the scenes, like the GUI that you see, is that something that's streamed as part of the video file that's sent over the internet, or is it like encoded into some client side process running to keep things smooth and responsive? And, well, and, and only and one you session. Buttons. Only one session stores all the information of your choices, so it asks you when you want to watch again. It, it tells you it will delete, it will reset all your choices. So I imagine it's like one client size side session and it holds it stores all the information and it is kind of a encoded video that is that has pro, like um programmable parts of it. I don't know, kind of just maybe it's just like an extended version of the Netflix UI. Cause you use your controller to select what movies to watch and stuff like that. So and that that's always been client side. Like like you press a button there, and then you start seeing loading screens. Yeah. So like, what I'm saying is, it must it thing. must send all that to your send all that to your device, and then you know it has everything loaded or ready to be buffered. And then depending on the choices you make, it's just you selecting the next video, and then is and there then buffering? It will, then it will store the click? information of what you've chosen. 
so you can go back. When when you click a button, is there a loading screen between no, no, you it, clicking the no, choice? No, no, it happens immediately. Nice, huh? It's pretty seamless. So, it is. It is kind of natural. It's that, just that, like that is interesting. And nice. also because it has a ten second timer, there's no like pausing and waiting to make a choice. I, I feel like with this existing in the world and with Netflix story mode, Netflix story mode, Minecraft story mode getting a port, quote unquote, to Netflix and with the Google stream project kind of developing, they're now like offering free codes to anyone who signed up for the beta for a like native PC installation of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I, I, I would not be surprised if I end up doing a topic on streaming again because it's not going away and becoming a bigger and more important thing. And it might be interesting to see streaming interactive narrative experiences be a more longer-lasting genre on Netflix coexisting with streaming video game, coexisting with regular normal people video games. Mm. It's... A start of something. I mean, it's not much beyond... You know, people are arguing about it right now. I don't know why people are arguing for, for pedantic reasons, but it is obviously a hybrid of part video game, part movie. Obviously, Charlie Brooker is heavily inspired by video games, so kind of just seems like the natural evolution of something like Black Mirror, which is all about warping technology anyway. What if video games were your mom? But it incorporates much more than just your direct input. It tries to tell a story based around the idea of controlling a human being. So it is very Black Mirror in, in the way it presents everything, but also in the way that it then takes the, the plot or the idea of you controlling things and then incorporates it into the story. It's not just you making choices to see which video you can watch next. It very directly looks like you are influencing what is happening on the screen. So, uh, Matt, you got you got any stories from this week? Stories? No. Uh, there's some ugly sweater parties. There's some... <laughs> There is a classic photo of Matt on Twitter, if you haven't seen it, it's, where he uh, looks incredible. <laughs> incredible, really. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, hype it up. I, I, I appreciate the guy who complimented you on your new Bart Simpson's haircut. <laughs> because I had a crown on. <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> um, no, I played a bunch of games we already talked about. Play a little, play a little Smash Bros. A little, uh, um, watch your friend play some Zelda, and uh, play a little Path of Exile. And that's uh, pretty, pretty much it. Everything else was just life stuff. <laughs> life stuff is constantly happening. Um, yeah, I'm boring. I'm boring this, this, uh, these two weeks, I guess, in terms of podcast material. Before we jump into George's like epic long adventure. Can I talk about an anime? Pyre? I guess. <laughs> I watched you an know, anime. This, this, this has given me flashbacks because about one year ago, 
I was at MAGFest recording a podcast on the same laptop, on the same microphone, in a hotel room, trying not to wake other people up, and that's when we got the can you guys talk about anime question. <laughs> well, rest in peace, Doogly Jim. Wherever you may be, this is for you. Ever seen an anime on Netflix that wasn't subtitled here in Japan, and then when I got my Netflix subscription back, I clicked on it in hope that it might have been subtitled and it was so i started watching so were you able to criticize the uh translation no it, I, having it's, having watched it with there's a lot subs. of spelling mistakes in it in the Weird. in the translation That's even though the translation sounds fine very, sometimes there are words that are just mistakenly misspelled um no it's called backy I'm gonna Google backy. It's uh, Are they like tackies. It's based on a on an old manga called Grappler Backy, and it's about this really strong 17 year old, like a uh, wrestling judo man bear of a child. <laughs> backy the Grappler. Yeah, who is super strong, and what's really cool about this Netflix made version of Backy is it just sort of doesn't give a fuck if anybody knows what Baki is and just jumps right into like a new arc where it doesn't introduce any of the characters or anything if you've never watched it. But it's really cool because it has this really cool story of Baki is super strong. So five death, like death row inmates from Russia, Scotland, America, uh, somewhere under the sea all escape from their prisons because they are the strongest and they go to Japan to fight this 17-year-old kid. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> but it's fucking cool. How intricately detailed are the muscle drawings? Very, very, very. Like, beyond JoJo level, very. Yeah, like there I'm, is one I'm guy... scrolling through some Google image searches of the manga and this is... Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, there is one guy, I think it's Baki's dad, and he basically, like, his back looks like a demon's face. Like, the, the, the mangaka has shaped the muscles on his back to look like a demon's face. It's pretty cool. Oh my god, everyone is just, like, ballooned up. Like, like it looks like you stuck a bike pump in everyone's chest and, and never stopped pumping. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, and the net, the Netflix series is obviously it's it's brand new, so the animation is like, I mean, the animation is pretty great for the most part, but it has like these three D parts where they try to like cut out. They have these really extensive fight scenes, but to cut out on, you know, costs and stuff, they they use like three D models, and it's so weird. <laughs> Like, you have these wonderful 2D things, and then all of a sudden you have this 3D knockoff CGI versions of the characters doing, like, weird flips and shit. And you're like, ugh, that looks weird. Oh, but wait, uh, wait a minute. It, it says, spoiler alert, you only see him fight three times out of the 24 episodes. That's true. I, that was my other point. For a 24 show, episodes? For a show named Backy the Grappler, you don't see very much of Backy the Grappler. Oh, my God. You see a lot of these death row inmates fighting other random characters you don't know anything about. Which is fine, well, because ultimately, it's pretty cool. 
I am seeing that on Wiki, this is a this is a manga that apparently started in 1991 and has continued indefinitely. Yes, it's uh, been around for a long time. Uh, I I think if I remember correctly, uh, our our anime friend Eyepatch Wolf did a video about it. I think, uh, and it's been going for a long time. But it's pretty good. Like if if you watch anime on Netflix, like you dip in and out. Back is a pretty good one to dip in and out of because it keeps up the pace of fights. Some of the fights are really cool to watch. These like death row inmates are real monsters. Like really good anime monsters. Uh and they do some pretty like crazy things. Like one guy gets a grenade shoved in his mouth and it blows up and he, he, he like looks like he's dead. But then he just like gets up like the undertaker is, is and they're just fine? like, and then he just like fucking knees someone right in the face and breaks all their teeth. It's pretty good. There's one guy who uses um, like a flossing. What? Well, no, he uses like special tensile strength, stainless steel wire hidden in like a floss case and he like cuts people's ears off with it and their heads why because he is a crazy death row inmate i don't know he kills people for fun does 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 backy save the day or is he a morally ambiguous dark backy doesn't antagonist hero no some other character who i don't even know the name of beats him (laughs) there's very little of backy like where i've got to right now which is 14 episodes in Backy is now like getting more of a spotlight on him. And that's because his girlfriend was stolen. And it's like, well, of course, Japanese high school. Huh. His girlfriend was stolen. Mm. You can steal someone's like girlfriend. Pizza. You ta- like oh, you're talking about like not physically like, physically stolen. Physically stolen or uh, I guess mentally stolen? No, no, kidnapped. Stolen's probably the wrong word. He well, he was like watching her, and then this some guy with bigger muscles came and said, "Hey, girl, drop the loser and get with a a, a winner." (laughs) Look at these delicately drawn balloon muscles all over my mostly naked body. I mean, Backy does have a lot of muscles. I mean, everybody in the show has a lot of muscles. In the Google image searches for the manga, everyone doesn't have a lot of clothes. Yeah, well, it's grappling. It is wrestling. Well, it was. <laughs> now it's just like people fighting in the street, killing each other. Wow. Is this it's what good, happens though. in Japan? Like, I mean, if it does, I've not come across it yet, which is sad, because I feel like that would be interesting to watch. And, and, and the Japan depicted in Yakuza is also a very violent uh, society where people fight each other over nothing. Yeah. And, I've and definitely seen more fights in the UK than I ever did in Japan. A lot of weird horny guys trying to trying to talk to girls and you have to like, oh, stop yeah. them. It's I really, mean, really weird. Yeah, I, I, I talked about the salaryman who came into the restaurant and just started about talking about wanking, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Did you? I don't remember that. Yeah. What? <laughs> started talking about the, the eggs. Uh, 
me and me and Patrick were eating yakisoba in a yakisoba restaurant. It was a really quiet, cramped one with only seven seats, not for tourists. And and three salarymen came in and just ordered some noodles and some beers and and started. Patrick told me they were talking about wanking, and I I knew one word in their conversation, and that word was opi. So I believed him. Oh my god. Oh my. Oh my. It, it means Japanese boobs. <laughs> it means Japanese boobs? Specifically Japanese boobs? No, no. It's, 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 it just means boobs. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my that God. Was, uh, they must have been really loud and rowdy. Mm, I, can, yeah. I can definitely yeah. imagine they were. <laughs> I guess I guess when uh, when it's late at night and you have some beers in you and... and Oh, and you're drawing room some, talk? some. Are we really gonna talk about the locker room talk right now? I I I I think it's it's letting out some pent up aggression. You know, no one no one fights each other over nothing in Japan. So, so 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 there's got to be some fictional fantasies about it. <laughs> oh my God, Japan is getting painted really wrongly right now. It's all. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Japan is just getting painted right so, now. So all the Americans that go over, like, man, Japan is great. Little do they, do they know is that everyone is just talking about jacking off. No, but like, what? Anime uh, man, this is like a, it is a very in-depth, culturally weird thing. Japan and like dating and like sex is just so different to Western culture. It's so different. It's Japan is way more shy yet hypocritically crass about it like it like it's almost childish at times as george can attest to by listening to people talk about wanking but yet when it comes to like actually like talking about the issue of like sex and being very open and honest about it no one in japan is it is like a hush hush thing even though they have like porn in every convenience store in japan tinga stores yes exactly japan has this weird relationship with that kind of thing and then dating culture in japan is also this portrayed to be this very pure and innocent and sweet thing where people in high school get together and you know they get married without really knowing if they should get married and there's a lot of social pressure to get married early and have children and that's why everybody cheats on each other because they don't marry the right person or they don't like date long enough to realize. Japanese anyway. people cheat? Oh fuck yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh like it's enough oh, for you I to mention it. I overheard a conversation that's, that's a, about It's interesting. It's like it's a big problem in Japan. Wow. That's uh that's that's what uh your your girlfriend was talking about on the phone was how everyone else at the the company dinner table was like, oh yeah, it's okay to cheat. Yes, Whoa. that's true. Whoa! During during a meeting she was at. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Man. So uh, speaking of of Japanese date nights, I I found out after reading some Japanese language reviews of a uh, of of a high end theatrical experience that I went mm. to. That um, it's it's considered uh, uh, cool to take your date night out to an escape room, and that is how I guess a lot of uh, more casual non-gaming traffic ends up supporting very well-budgeted, well-supported businesses such as 
destroy a secret weapon Metal Gear. The uh, <laughs> scrap-produced Metal Gear Solid-themed escape room that was opened up in Shinjuku when I was down there a couple weeks ago. Now that we are three days into the new year, it has been closed down for three days, but man, that was pretty darn cool, and I loved it, and it made the trip worthwhile, and I was so hyped you, as hell. So you liked it? Yeah. Dude, I was having a blast. It's my game of the year 2018. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wait, it's better than Hitman. Uh, uh, I, okay, there's... There's no fucking comparison, yeah. You're you're sneaking around people in real life. There's 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 human beings to account for. No way. You gotta use your senses, you gotta use your body, you gotta like squat down and, and make sure your back's gonna be okay. And 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 I just decided to get down on all fours and crawl around guards like a baby. Wait, um, there are real people? Yeah. Yeah. There there is Real tiny Japanese girls dressed up in like military oh garb with uh with, with face masks and famous gun props that patrol in a very robotic pattern around a central room that has uh some some quote unquote objectives that are basically little uh uh scanners that you hold a provided tablet up to. And you uh crawl around this room on all fours like a baby because there's lots of crates placed around it that you can easily hide behind but the crates have um they're they're spaced apart from one another just enough so that you can peer through the gap between crates to see where this guard is at there is also a strategically placed spotlight in a corner of the room that casts a nice big long shadow of this guard across the room as they patrol. The guard also has loud clicky shoes. The guard also announces what they're doing and where they are. So you can uh, you have a good degree of spatial awareness as, as you're sneaking through this little mock-up Shadow Moses that they built. And the eye for authenticity was just like really impressive like like konami was was clearly involved they gave this company the licenses to work with but it seems like they were too afraid to put their sticker all over it um are you guys familiar with a company called scrap no no oh, i have I no idea because in in japan scrap has done escape rooms based on other media franchises they did a junior detective one they did an ace attorney one and then some other um like really weird Japanese anime and game franchises I don't know. And in the States, Scrap apparently branched out and tried to start doing a high-end video game or, or I guess just Japanese media franchise-themed escape rooms in um, some New England and Canadian cities that was based off of Zelda that got a lot much of a poorer reception than this yeah, Metal Gear one. Yeah, I heard about one. the Zelda escape room. I, I heard that it was pretty boring, yeah. Like, how do you too. turn Zelda into an escape? Like, Metal Gear makes sense. Sneaking around, espionage. I mean, that makes sense, right? Whereas, like, a Zelda yeah. escape room, what do you do? I would assume there would be, like, block puzzles. Like a and dungeon? Some, like, mechanics, yeah. That yeah. you would basically have, like, little mock dungeons. Do, do they just of. give you one item? They're like, here's a boomerang. Now you can solve every problem in this fortress. Apparently they give you paper puzzles like like from from the kids meal at at a family restaurant. <laughs> yes, cuz I remember all the times Link got very sad uh pondering over his paper puzzles. 
Link, Link, you have to help um, um, the polar bear get to the other side of the iceberg by following the maze. Uh, uh, Link, can you do the junior jumble puzzle and find the hidden words in this pile of letters? Yeah, it sounded bad, and apparently they also have people go through in large group sizes of like eight or more. Uh, on the other hand, in the Metal Gear Solid escape room in Shinjuku... You actually are sneaking around other people who are hired to spot you or not. If they do, uh, the tiny Japanese girl in the costume raises a prop gun and shouts like, Sokoka! And, and you hear a, a blip! Exclamation point noise. You hear some, some incredibly cartoony gunshot sound effects, thank God, so it won't be too terrifying for anyone, I guess. Also, you're in Japan, so there's probably no... Uh, not much of a concern of people accidentally bringing real guns into or out of this place. Um, and they subtract 90 minutes off of a 15-minute total time that your ticket reservation buys you into. So you're supposed to have 15 minutes to sneak through this room, past this guard, and then solve puzzles in some other rooms outside the guard. And the puzzles, even, are not that out of place in the Metal Gear Solid universe. Like, one room was a, a dog tag collection kind of puzzles, where you had to find a secret code that was printed on some dog tags hidden throughout a room. And it takes a good, I don't know... Uh, one minute or so to find each dog tag placed in the clutter, but every minute or so a guard will knock on the door and be like, who's that? I hear something on the other side. And then they'll walk through while a projector on the wall is displaying an evasion phase countdown timer ripped straight from the game. And you hide in a locker and peer out an eye hole in the top of the locker, just like in MGS2, waiting for this timer to count down, at which point the guards, like meticulous choreographed acting, has them um, looking around and saying, must have been my imagination in Japanese, with, with <laughs> all the sound effects happening. After that guard finishes saying the thing, you hear, Diddy! And the projector displaying the evasion countdown timer, like, shrinks down into a horizontal line. They walk out. And then all of a sudden you see, like, five people all dash out of these lockers and cardboard boxes at the same time and tear the room apart searching for secret codes. It is hilarious that they had the jokes there. They had the costumes there. They had the HUD elements and the sound effects and the music and even people trained to search through rooms in time with an evasion countdown timer. That's pretty and cool. God, oh, 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 pretty cool is such an understatement. Like, I'm seriously, like, I was shaken. It was surreal seeing video game rules like that be played out by real-life actors in person. It was surreal seeing how much of what I was seeing with my eyes matched up with the camera angles and the camera movements and the props and scenery that you see in, in MGS2's first-person mode. The lockers are like a one-to-one -one replica, and there actually are cardboard boxes you can hide behind, but uh, me and my friend Patrick were too big to fit down. But the tiny <laughs> Japanese girls who were going alongside at the same time of us, they sure could, and it was so great seeing, like... This guard actor in costume searched through a room and not check this cardboard box that had shoes poking out of the bottom. <laughs> and it looked like, like, like a visual gag from the game was still crossing over. I'm ashamed that I didn't try tapping on a wall to get the guard to change their position, but part of the, the playability of it, which is weird to say because it was like a real-life kind of game design... But part of the thing that was making it so playable was that the guard would repeat the same exact search pattern every time. So eventually you could learn it and sneak around it. And at one point I was 
really circling around boxes as a guard was also circling around boxes. I was just like keeping my eye on their shadow and like hearing for their footsteps to make sure that I wouldn't be spotted and stuff like that actually works. Like they are they are trained to be as blind and deaf as stealth game guards usually are. So obviously you don't speak Japanese. Patrick does a little bit. Yeah. Um yeah. how difficult was it? Like not knowing Japanese. Um, not very. It was doable. It was playable. Although we did get hung up on two of the puzzles because the translation was not great. The translation was was do it was acceptable, not good, not great. And if they do bring it back for another year, or of course if they attempt to try to do it overseas, I expect that to improve. But for what it was worth, I was still really, really impressed. Like, there are codec conversations you get on this tablet that give you uh, flavor text and mission objectives. And for the most part, we were able to figure out what they were what they were talking about. And there was some deliberate obfuscation involved because they also want there to be a element of challenge and mystery to it. But the dog tag puzzle, we got hung up on because we thought that um, the letters that they were using as hints were corresponding to where letters appear on phone keypads as you know like when you dial one nine hundred mix a lot it's it's you're you're matching up letters on on the phone pad with uh with the numbers anyways um which actually brings up another point of like how good it feels to mash codes into a keypad while a guard is on the way and hoping that you can make it through this door fast enough like there was a, a weird sense of game feel to it even like there was something real satisfying about finding a safe spot in this uh patrol room the guard was going through to like go through your codec messages and review (laughs) them for any hints you might have missed earlier so did you beat big boss did you destroy metal gear we came close. There's a 45-minute time limit, and we used up all our continues, but we, judging by, like, how intense the story was getting, which is another thing, there actually was a revelation plot twist of a character betraying you who's not who they seem to wow. be. Oh, it was so fucking cool. But, but yeah, we, we came close, but didn't quite make it out in 45 minutes with our... Uh, 10-minute extensions added on to the original 15 minutes you buy into. It was expensive, too, because of those continues. It was about 1,600 yen every 10 minutes. Ooh, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And you you're did 45 minutes. You're supposed to split the cost up. Yeah. Oh. yeah. You're supposed to split the cost up, but because uh, I'm a good friend, I put it all on the Super Bunny Hop Ooh, company budget. Wow. That's, that's, that's over $120-ish. Well, the exchange rate is shit right now because of uh, the stock market. So thankfully, we got out of there spending about ninety dollars. Oh, Jesus, that's expensive. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Matt, and, uh, how much did like the normal. escape rooms? That's normal. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was about to ask. Like, how does this this sound yeah. compared to what you I have know, done? Sixteen dollars every in ten America. minutes sounds like a lot. No, it, well, the thing is, you're for playing people, 45... Though. That's for two people. $90 for two people? That's normal. Yeah, $45 for like 45 minutes. Yeah. Because you're... Which... They, they got to pay the actors and stuff like that. that. That That's actually pretty cheap for what that is. Because that's normal which, for which like comparable lesser uh, escape rooms. To, to, to a, a date night as well. Yeah, exactly. Which, 
the the um, Japanese reviews we're talking mm. about. Like a lot of the English language reviews I was reading, and mine will sound a lot like one of those, is just like so highly impressed that this is even a thing that exists. Whereas the Japanese reviews were like scrutinizing it for how immersive and, and uh, accessible it was and how uh, how well your, your date night, who doesn't know video games very well, might be able to still understand the rules and enjoy it. And for for Japanese home life, where you're not like expected to to bring a group of friends at home, where everyone's trying to sleep past thin walls, in strictly quiet, cramped houses, it seems like this is what what you're supposed to do a couple times a year is like a, a special, expensive night out. What's going to be the next big video game escape room? Yo, I'm hoping for. I I, I, swear to God, I, I can't imagine hitman. seeing this. <gasps> how did you know? Because you're as predictable as pudding. <laughs> how how cool would it be to like like slop on some some different flavors of coverall uniforms? It would only be cool if you get to kill people. You're not gonna be able to kill no like people. like one of nerf the rules... weapons kill people. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, not literally. Yeah, one of the kill rules. People. I, I was about to say that sounds like hope they got a good insurance policy. You can't do a um, hitman escape room without the hitman <laughs> part. One of uh, the the specified rules at the Metal Gear Solid escape room was no close quarters combat, please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fine in Metal Gear. You can you know you can do like complete run throughs where you just hide and stuff like that. Whereas in Hitman, the, the yeah. aim is to kill people. So. It's kind of just one person, one person per level. He kills yeah. he kills a lot of people during his time. <laughs> Big Boss well, doesn't I, have to I, kill I, anybody. That's actually incorporated into a scoring system they have at the Metal Gear Solid Escape Room. On your way out, you get a card with an animal code on it that correlates to how well you were supposed to do. And sure enough, we got Rabbit, Mister Bunny himself. If you make it through with no continues and not getting spotted once, you get a big boss rank. And apparently not that many people have been able to accomplish that. So there's even like kind of a arcade high score racing culture attached to this thing that is is wild for like me to see. I just it, like this is the first escape room I've been to. So not only Am I am I getting my first impressions and going through the honeymoon phase right now, but I'm doing it with something that seems like a very highly produced highly reviewed production that that is really knocking out of the park for my 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 first time being exposed to this stuff but you should admit that bunny uh rabbit was one of the lower rankings oh come on (laughs) we had fun and that's what counts at the end (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so so matt how does how does this sound in comparison to your experience with american escape rooms it's not that crazy i've never had uh i get i mean i've only been i've only been to two the casino 007 one and the one in philly which was a a meltdown one where like there was like some secret plot um of like the nuclear plant um <laughs> I can't imagine that one in Japan. Yeah, <laughs> melting down and stuff. And they didn't. It was like you know, most of them had two rooms, um, no real actors, really good like design inside. I mean, it looked like the place that they were trying to portray, but 
Yeah, nothing like that. Absolutely nothing like that. Especially for you, yeah. you. You mentioned design, though, and that's like one of the things that I'm most fascinated by is how you have to do level design, but in real life for these mm-hmm. things. I guess more uh, cosmetically, like uh, the the room had it, it looked like an old timey nuclear plant in there. It was it was nice. The whole room, it was really really cool. I was quite amazed. Now the game itself wasn't that fun but the way it looked was pretty good so it's it's cosmetic dlc cosmetic dlc you know uh horse armor man i have i have (laughs) so many wonderful experiences to feel guilty about having experienced and and one of them is like trying to to pinpoint this real life level design thing and in escape rooms that apparently aren't comparable to the ones in america like when you do the Metal Gear Solid escape room, in the first room that you enter, you see a locker and a cardboard box that you're free to use, but you don't have to use them until, like, two rooms later. And I was like, <gasps> that's game design! Two rooms later. Wow. Yep, yep. There's a big central room with, I want to say, one, two, three, four, five rooms that are smaller that are attached to it. And one of them has freaking laser traps and and vent shafts you crawl through. One of them has a guard that patrols through. The other one has lockers and cardboard boxes that you hide through as a guard peeks into it. And another one has, like, computers with hacking minigames attached. It was so fancy. Does Metal Gear music play in the background as you're walking through it? (laughs) The waiting lobby, it does, but not in the rooms itself. That's dope. Damn. Here's a thought. A Deus Ex-themed escape room where your hacking minigame is like that hacker keyboard typer. So you're basically just saying any stealth game ever should be a, yes. an escape room. What about an, yes. what, what, an out there escape room? The, the, there was the Resident the, Evil the, escape room. That was that was a the, thing for a while. Resident Evil the real? Like the house? <laughs> just yeah. escape the house. <laughs> that was like a kind of shooting gallery ride at uh, Universal Studios Osaka. I, I looked that oh, one Oh, yeah, up yeah, yeah. Where you well. shoot zombies. Yeah. Are they still doing that? I don't I think know. They, they had TV adverts They stopped for, for from 14. I, I wish... I, I, I guess I got to go back now when the Nintendo parks open up. But now I wish I had uh, checked that one out while it was still a thing. Now it's like the Final Fantasy or the Monster Hunter one. They change that area to a different video game thing all the time. I I just hope that there's a franchise that I care about that pops up again. Because this was an amazing experience. And should it pop up again? I mean, it feels weird for me to say. The end conclusion of my review video that I'm doing is basically, yes, if you're a big Metal Gear fan, this is an excuse to save up money for for, for years and go to Japan. It would it would be such a great way <laughs> to end an itinerary of other tourist trap stuff, which is what I did this time. Wait, wait it's not and going I am, away. Like, oh uh, no, it went. It, it closed down at the end of the year, but these things tend to pop up again, like at least once or twice. Like Resident Evil: The Real, I think went on for three years, but they they had a seasonal operating schedule. Okay. Okay. And and it is a gamble. I don't know if it's officially announced that this thing is coming back. It's just that this was its first run, and it's been such a, a, a what a thrill that I would not be surprised if it does come back. 
Did you have to eat any snakes? Uh, no, no. They don't even have food at the gift shop. If they do a Metal Gear Solid they don't 3 have one any calorie mates. Woods, did you? Did you? I bet you and Patrick ate a calorie mate from the Combini before you went in, didn't you? I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Of course. Man, I don't know why why people riff on those things. Calorie mates like, disgusting. They, they work as advertised. They're calorie powder bricks. Oh. They are truly they disgusting, though. <laughs> they they like sprinkle some sugar on there for for some sweetener. It's like powder just eating cardboard. Just eating cardboard. If, if, okay, if you're in a like life or death survival situation where you have nothing else to eat, you'd probably not complain about having that. A is true, meat. but. I I also like that you and Patrick specifically went out to eat Calorie Mate before going and doing a Metal Gear Solid escape room. It's so George, anybody could have wrote it. And also the fact that your ranking was Rabbit. I I am more surprised that that was... <laughs> that we got the ranking Rabbit than anything else. <laughs> rabbit. Movie. Did you play any games, George? I I started up a modern Fire Emblem game. Oh ho ho! Fire Emblem Echoes: Shadows of Valencia is the tables a have lot turned. of fun. Yeah, yeah, no, these Weeaboo Wars are, uh, are 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 a compelling <laughs> treat. They have this story set up that flashes forward to horrifying events happening later in the story, while everything's real cheery and happy at the current stage of the story. So there's like dramatic irony that keeps you going. You're like, oh, how are these characters going to end up hating and killing each other later? Oh, oh, this is for the 3DS, not the Switch. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I wish. Think, have they done a big Fire Emblem for the Switch yet? No, but there's one coming supposedly this year. We have the Fire Emblem Warriors, the like the Muso the Dynasty Warriors spin-off. That was actually pretty decent. It was alright. But so it's obviously I, not a Fire wanna, Emblem game. If I want to get into the modern Fire Emblems from here, from Fire Emblem Echoes, like should I just go straight to Fates from this one? Mm, okay, so because this does seem like less a big deal than Fates. So like I'm, I even first, I recognize first, first, some first, characters first. from Fates. We we kind of spoke about this, but for anyone who doesn't know, Echoes is a remake. So Fire Emblem Echoes, Echoes being the subtitle because it's a. It's a reimagining of a previous time. It's an echo of ah, a time an past, echo from the past, an old game. So Shadows of Valentia is uh, it's a. I can't remember which one it's a remake of. I, I think it's the first Fire Emblem Gaiden. I think, oh the second yeah, NES game. yeah, yeah. The one that was on the Fami- the Super Famicom, right? Oh, oh, it was a Super Famicom. I think game. Okay, so. that makes more sense because this is a very complicated story for an NES game. Yeah. So. And it has the old Fire Emblem system. It is oh. it is um, it is the old like system before Awakening and Fates. So Awakening and Fates are the modern versions where they have the rock paper scissors system of like axes and, and staffs and bow and arrows and swords beat each other in various ways. Whereas Echoes doesn't have that, it is much more tactics based, and based around the older system of the older games. So a lot of people like that system a lot more because with the modern Fire Emblem games, it, it, it's a little too predictable, 
how you can win matches via like a rock, paper, scissors system. Now, I really like both the old system and the new system. So I don't know with you, George, whether like switching to the modern ones would be as, I mean, you're, you're enjoying this one. Yeah. But you yeah, have so to realize far, that I'm the battle system of Awakening and Fates is different to Shadows of Valentia. So I'm going to have to forget everything. No, no, no. It's obviously still game. a tactical role-playing game, but I feel like Echoes is probably a little bit harder. It's a little tougher it, because it's the older system. I, I'm trying to remember if it's feeling easier or harder than the GBA games I played. Well, like, like that's, around 2003, that's the same 2004. Because I do remember there being a concept of, of rock, paper, scissors balance, and also there being a lot of <laughs> soldiers on the screen firing their archery is at, the, at the same time that I do kind of miss having yeah, having more of a one-on-one of, combat individual system a, here. There's a lot of stuff in the modern versions that they have. They have, like, you know, units being able to support each other and be on the same space and act and be able to do, like, buffs to each other and... And they can do, like, critical attacks if they have, like, a high crit chance or high luck stat. Um, some of them have, like, special moves in the more modern Fire Emblems. Echoes is definitely, like, a stripped-down version back to basics. It doesn't have the weapon triangle that the, the modern ones do. That's what, that's what they call it? The weapons the weapon triangle. triangle. Yeah. <laughs> it's rock, paper, scissors, just a, like, yeah. weapon triangle. Yeah. They call oh it the God, weapons makes triangle. Too much sense. Yeah, but that's cute. That's cute. But it's still good, and it's more fire emblem, which is great. And I think a lot of people will crucify me for this. I really like Fates. I don't suggest that you start with Fates because there's three different versions of Fates, and to get the whole story, you have to play all three versions, or at least two oh, of them. Fuck that. So you should you should play Awakening. Awakening was like the rebirth of the series. It was really good. Is that where characters from Smash come? Am I gonna yeah. like know yeah. who Lucina is if I play Awakening? Yeah. And Kron. <laughs> Good, because I don't recognize anyone. I ooh ooh no, my eyes popped though when I was playing World of Light and Alm and Cecilia show yeah, up. The main and characters I was like, are just stickers. Finally, <laughs> I recognize someone from Fire Emblem. Because when when Melee was a big hit, like it was a big deal when Fire Emblem came out in in the West on the GBA. Like, I had assumed that the GBA games were remakes of the NES games that Marth and Roy came from, but apparently that wasn't the case. They, like, slapped Marth into the GBA game. Yeah, I can't remember what the... Roy's game is not that hot anyway. Yeah, I can't can't really remember what the unique uh, differences were, but they changed some of it, you know, because it was coming out after Melee, and Roy was in Melee, and Marth as well. But I, I really enjoyed those GBA games for what they were. Like Fire Emblem and Advanced Wars were, were great. Oh, yeah. Time. Amazing. Uh, I love those types of games. Like handheld tactics-based games are great. And Fire Emblem Echoes is just more of that. If you're go- yes. going to finish Fire Emblem Echoes, yeah, go on and move on to Awakening and see how you like Awakening. I I don't see why not. Like it's it feels really good to have a kind of into the breach sort of experience mm. on the go. Yeah. Like I guess this might be a big difference of what I'm trying to picture what a more rock paper scissors 
approach to combat would look like. Is it an FE Echoes? You have a pretty solid preview of what your turn is going to look like, which makes it easy to think two turns ahead of time, which makes you feel really smart. What's great about Fire Emblem is just it's a game that allows you to get, especially in the modern ones, it allows you to get really personal with your with the characters, like your units, and and you you. Oh yeah, they have inventory slots. Yeah, and you hear them talk, and you and you you can modify them and customize them, and and you can get to know what they like and what they don't like, and their personalities, and you can almost befriend them, and and you can in the modern games you can like make them have relationships and all that kind of thing, and then when they die. Oh no! Gotta reset the save death. game. Pull the cartridge out. Turn the machine off. Those motherfuckers are gone. <laughs> unless you, you know, fucking try your best to reset Which, the game. Which you know I will. Every time anyone dies in this one, I'm immediately like backing out and canceling everything and restarting. There was a ninja in Fates. So I forget what his name was. Uh, I think it was. Uh, oh, what was he called? Shin Shinzo. I think Samurai Cop. Samurai Cop, yeah. I think his name was Shinzo. Maybe. Maybe. I don't remember. He Mitsurugi. had like a bandana across his face, but he was fucking cool. And he was uh, Saizo. Saizo was his name. Saizo. He was a cool guy. And Sounds he's the like only I'd guy like I see. Size up. Saizo. You better size down. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of, of of sizing down, I think it uh, might be a, might be a good time for a little little bit of a bathroom break before we move on to the really stupid news that's been going on since <laughs> since the the half a month ago when we last recorded have to, one of these things. We're gonna have to dive into the Mel Gear Solid Escape Room to find Matt for which we have most definitely lost talking about Fire Emblem. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fire Emblem's great. Amazing. <laughs> Do you have trouble getting a good night's sleep? Are you constantly tossing and turning, trying to find the perfect position of comfort? If your current pillow makes it difficult for you to relax and sleep easily, you can now rest assured. The Booty Pillow is the product you've been waiting for. It's the perfect asset to a good night's sleep. It's nature's perfect pillow, modeled after nature's perfect shape. My girl is always on the road for business, so I don't get to cuddle with her the way I like to. Thanks to Booty Pillow, I feel like she's still here. My back was always hurting me, and I couldn't do anything because my boyfriend would want to lay on me. Thanks to the Booty Pillow, my back doesn't hurt anymore, and I can go as I please. The Booty Pillow is made to provide maximum comfort wherever you use it. Use it at the office to ease back pain. Use it in your bed to sleep. Use it on the couch while watching a movie. You can use it anywhere. Normal pillows of this size and quality can go for $90, $100, or even higher. Order now and get the booty pillow for the low price of just $29.99. Booty pillows. Putting a smile on your cheeks. Guys, 
We never talked about those Sonic the Hedgehog movie posters that they revealed on 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 mid December. Oh. Wow, so you're not you're not last, even you're not even intro, you're not even introing the listeners back in. You are just so so excited to talk about this. I'm I'm not even clarifying it as news because at this point it's a Sonic the Hedgehog disaster coming out is less news than it is like the presumed state of existence. News implies that something new is happening. Sonic screwing everything up is just the default state of being. <laughs> More like it's Donald just, Trump continues to be stupid. Sonic continues to be bad. So Sonic the Hedgehog has a movie version coming out scheduled for November of 2019. Get ready. Ten months to go. That's this Ooh, year. It's wait. not even like a future anymore. It's this year. <laughs> we're, we're in the Blade Runner year, which is apparently the, year the same the year Sonic that the Sonic the Hedgehog movie is going to oh be coming God. out. The year Akira is set is the year the Sonic movie comes out. Everything makes sense now. So instead of virtually indistinguishable humanoid androids, we get we get a very distinguishable humanoid CGI hedgehog thing. <laughs> um, IGN has has an official like revealed scoop in in you know uh, affiliate well not affiliation but in contact with the real studios. There's some profiles on Twitter who have been posting some very. Uh, uh, much more shaky-looking leaks that still look enough to be, like, potentially legitimate. In all cases, though, Sonic has a, a, a standardized anatomy that is freakishly humanoid. Like, he looks less like Sonic the Hedgehog than he does a small, naked, fur, furry man. Or a man in a suit. And with a weird head. It's a man in a suit. You, you man, in, man in a very tight suit. Like, like I can... I can picture there being some some foam and uh, and felt around that that helmet, but the suit itself just kind of looks like. Oh, Danny Dorito didn't like get the Pokemon to shave. movie, so he lost weight. And mm-hmm. uh, now he's yeah, taking up the Sonic role. Sonic's looking a little thick. Sonic's got thighs, and uh, and and gratuitously oversized shoes. But otherwise, other than those shoes, Sonic's got nothing on. What's even better is we have to picture this monstrosity beating up Jim Carrey cosplaying as Robotnik. Mm-hmm. With Chris mm-hmm. Pratt. Just, you know. Well, we don't know if it's Chris Pratt, actually. Chris Pratt. Wasn't that like a... <laughs> that was like a mock-up of what they wanted it to mm-hmm. look like. So they, I don't even know yeah. if Chris Pratt's attached to it yet. These uh, these these leaks that we're seeing versus the real thing are supposedly based off of test footage, but considering the reception, I wonder if uh, if if things are going to get delayed behind the scenes, and maybe we'll be waiting a little longer than November of 2019 to see this. Because you <laughs> know, they, I'll be disappointed by that. Maybe I they can't were like, wait. "Hey, remember when the Deadpool test footage got leaked, and everyone was like, wow, you guys should totally yeah. make that movie.' <laughs> we should do that for Sonic." It's weird because the producer of Deadpool is involved with this, which... Yeah, he's the director? Maybe, maybe Hope. Executive producer or something? Yeah, yeah, director of Deadpool is an executive producer on this one. Mm. Which I think is pretty good. 
the, the, the quote from, from the man himself, Tim Miller, is, <clears throat> it would be weird and it would feel like he was running around nude if he was some sort of otter-like thing. It was always, for us, fur. Why otter? Like, he's a fucking hedgehog. It's in his name. Why would you, why would you think he would look like an otter? Also, Sodder the otter. otters <laughs> are covered in fur. Mm-mm. So what is he talking about? It was always for us fur, and we never considered anything different. It's part of what integrates him into the real world and makes him a real creature. Mm. Sonic's technically an alien. (laughs) He comes from a different planet. I can't... what's What's it called? Wait, really? Yeah. Oh my god, you're getting deep into wow. the lore here. What is Sonic Home Planet? I forget what it's called. It's like me something. Me. Mm. Mobius! Yeah, Mobius! I thought Mobius was the name of the city that Dr. Robotnik no, it, builds. It's a planet. I don't know. Matt, you know, you know Sonic's more Sonic Planet lore is a fictional than, than version of the planet Earth. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. <laughs> How do I know Sonic lore? <laughs> because you were able to sing. You, I remember you singing the theme song when we were when we were playing as children. Oh, oh. You're like a Kingdom Hearts fan, Matt. Like, You're don't those two Sonic, fandoms like, go like fast. Sonic go fast. Sonic <laughs> fast, fast. Sonic X. <laughs> God, I love that theme song. It's so good. It's so good. It's your favorite. Matt, you like so, you like Kingdom Hearts. Don't like those two fandoms like no, legitimately. No, they just don't. Crossover. No, they don't. Sonic fans like, it's are the dumb. same set of fans, isn't it? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. You can have fun with Kingdom Hearts, okay? You can have some fun with Kingdom Hearts. Sonic, those games are pretty trash. Oh my oh, god. Oh wow. Oh we just we just lost like a whole point two percent of our listeners. <laughs> Way two percent. There they go out the window. Oh I mean, God. George is at Magfest. He probably angered like a half the hotel he's staying in. <laughs> Sonic is great. Don't. Oh man, Sonic Adventure Won't one and two this. is like the best games. Let me say, Sonic one was <laughs> trash. Sonic two was was fun. Sonic one had a good level. Yeah, Sonic the first one, the best one. <laughs> Sonic Two had three good oh levels. God. No, you got you got to have Pumpkin Hill. You got to be searching for those stupid emeralds. It, it it sucks. Those emeralds suck. So so you guys have seen the um the the San Francisco Golden Gate poster with with Sonic legs. The one where it looks like it, right? Sonic's just like cummed his way to the top of the bridge. <laughs> and how like his his leg. Is that the trail that like is coming out yeah. from between his legs? Yeah, his his wow. right leg is separated from his body. <laughs> also, where is the camera? It's like coming out of his belly button or something. He's like one of those Instagram models. He's like, this would be a cute shot with an extra knee. Yeah, that's the only way that photo looks is like an extra knee. It looks like you're you're scrolling through through the Craigslist personal section. And 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 you see a bunch of abbreviations next to these Sonic. It's his. It's his. Way. It's his gender profile. His plenty of George profile photo. <laughs> that would definitely get the 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 lady hedgehogs. Oh yeah. 
So there's also this poster with with placeholder Chris Pratt. Who <laughs> I like placeholder Chris Pratt. He's my favorite actor. From from this poster, we can see that Sonic the Hedgehog is supposed to be about uh, three and a half or yo feet high, which which means that not only is he a, a naked hairy man running around, he's also a tiny naked hairy man. <laughs> he's around. smaller than Peter Dinklage. <laughs> oh. It makes it makes the the San Francisco poster look a little weirder yep. because the the cum trail Sonic left behind all over the bridge is huge. Yeah. The, what? <laughs> so those shoes that he's wearing in the IGN poster, which has no other objects for reference for scale, keeps things nice and ambiguous. So maybe they haven't quite totally figured out how big Sonic's gonna Don't be. Don't people realize like? Detective Pikachu movie aside, because that's like a little bit hit and miss. Like Space Jam and and like Who Framed Roger Rabbit were good. They were like good, decent movies, especially Roger what, Rabbit. Space Jam was a Space good movie. Jam? You think Space Jam? Not good? like Space Jam good. is why we got to deal with all this furry shit in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> No, but in terms of like humans to animation, it was fine. Bill Murray, they're they're fucking playing basketball with like Daffy Duck. I believe that shit when I was eight. Oh, I love I love Space Jam. I was young. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. It. I watched it in a cinema in Australia. Watch it since then. <laughs> what are you trying to say, George? I, I well, no, no. Film, my point, my the... point is, why three D? Like. Why make these very obviously 2D characters that are cartoons into disgusting, <laughs> disgusting, auto-based... executives are out-of-touch monsters yes. who see something that's mildly successful before and try to emulate it. For some reason, the analog here they're comparing their style to is Ted... Remember the yeah, but it works with Ted Seth MacFarlane body comedy. Bear. But it works because Ted is a teddy bear, and he's a, he's not a character Wait, already pre-designed for a different purpose. Mm-hmm. They're taking an already and existing you know, character design and changing it completely. Us us gamers are well aware that there's a really kick-ass animation at the beginning of Sonic CD that looks like a Toriyama animated. So, like, a full movie of that would probably be fun, right? Even with humans in it. I mean, just have Sonic's rad attitude and Chris Pratt going on an adventure. It'd be fine. Raditude, <laughs> if you will. Uh, there's another quote from, from Tim Miller here that I want us to mull over. Note that they haven't officially revealed the eyes. All we have is is this leak from the Chris Pratt placeholder image. But Tim Miller says, I don't think Sega was entirely happy with the eye decision. But these sorts of things, you go, it's going to look weird if we don't do this. But everything is a discussion. That's kind of the goal, which is only change what's necessary and stay true to the rest of it. So keep in mind that even the producers of this thing Think his, are well aware that his that eyes look fucked up. His eyes are going to look really weird whenever they do officially reveal what this character actually looks like. 
the eyes he's just gonna have human eyes isn't he well i think what what he was getting at is that in the in a lot of the art from the game sonic has just one big eye with two pupils And in this Chris Pratt poster, you can see there was an effort made to separate them. To, uh, separate them. Although it still kind of looks like his mouth is only on one side of his head. <laughs> like in True to the Games as well. So uh, look, look forward to that. Coming November 2019 in a theater near you. A tiny, hairy, naked man with a fursuit helmet is going to be running around co-starring alongside Jim Carrey playing Dr. Robotnik. And I can't fucking wait. I'm getting popcorn. It's going to be good. I'm getting I'm getting it's kettle gonna be corn. so good. Jim Carrey? Oh my god. I'm going to get blackout fucking drunk. And I'm going to I'm going to have the time of my life with this pile of garbage. Woo. Even Yuji Naka didn't like it. Really? Even the creator of Sonic was like, "Oh, hmm, I gotta Google this. What is that?" <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog game producer expresses concern over movie posts. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, holy shit, this is real. Okay, um, Naka San said in a loose translation. Reading this comment is a pretty unpopular feeling. Is it really good to see it? It's a lot of tough anime and game movies. Why is this going? Okay, the last sentence is perfectly translated. Why is this going to happen? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Godspeed. Godspeed, little Sonic. What a hilarious dystopia we ended up living in. This is the Akira Blade Runner world we live in. Instead of having psychic children destroy Tokyo and... Just gonna have a shitty version of Sonic ruin it. <laughs> ruin the whole of Instead Tokyo. of having indistinguishably human androids uh, uh, going on crime sprees in Neo-LA, we have a shitty Sonic the Hedgehog movie and a shitty knockoff console made by Soldier Boy. Oh my god. <laughs> So did you guys you guys, you guys see this story yeah. unfold? Oh, yes. Boy. In 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 other disastrous news, um, in again in mid December when we were out, Soldier Boy started selling a marked up version of a Chinese emulator box, uh, that would have included Nintendo Switch, 3DS, Vita, Neo Geo, Game Boy Color, Game Boy, and Game Boy Advance games with over three thousand built in that he would call the Soldier Game and Soldier Game Portable. They would both be $200, although for their brief life in the market, they were only on sale for $149.99 and $99, respectively. But on AliExpress, you can apparently buy the uh, basic version of itself without the Soldier Boy branding stamped on for, for $105 and $73. Uh... Apparently, um, Mr. Boy was was very <laughs> upset at the uh, the criticism and the taunting that that uh, um, ambitious young black man was attempting to make money with, and responded to uh, such such criticism in turn on Twitter, saying, uh, "Y'all just want to see a black uh, man uh, uh, fail." <laughs> yeah, 
quote, I'm not scared of Nintendo or none of you foggy nerds making YouTube videos. Eat a eat a dick. And thanks for the free promo. It, he said to eat a dick? So as it... Yeah. <laughs> He's such an idiot. He's such an idiot. <laughs> My console... My console not going anywhere. Everything I'm doing is 100% legit. Stay who, mad and I'll keep getting richer. Who lied richer. to this guy? Who lied to him? Doesn't he have friends that care about him? Maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. Doesn't he get robbed by his friends? What? what Isn't that what, what happened back in like 08, 09? What entertained me the most about this was I watched a couple of videos of people who bought the, the, the soldier console, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and like yes, the, yes, the yes. consoles all came, and they were the box of the Chinese knockoff. But they'd obviously been opened, and the console had just had like a sticker slapped <laughs> on it saying "Soldier no, Game." Really, Soldier Game, right? So my uh-huh. immediate image was just imagining Soldier Boy sat in his like mansion with like a thousand boxes of knockoff retro consoles just like one night going through them sticking stickers on each one of them being like yeah man i'm an entrepreneur <laughs> sticking all these stickers on this knockoff console i don't understand how none of his crew none of his manager nothing told him nothing this just just let him do something so stupid. Like, it, it's, it's almost like it was a joke at first, right? Like, he had Super Smash Brothers, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, like, on either his, I think, on Twitter and on the website. Saying that you can play it on his console. Yeah, you can play Switch games and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which which is a little impressive for how blatantly illegal yes. it would be. Yes. Anyone who's aware of how things work <laughs> would know that that's such <laughs> bullshit. Oh my gosh. I he he is so what are you trying to do? He's just hustling. He's just he's just hustling. He's, don't, his, don't, don't, don't say that. Make no, his, don't. He's making his way to the top. Don't go there. <laughs> he's hustling. Wait, what's what's wrong with hustling? You got to respect the you hustle, res- right? You got to respect his, his business, his business game. So on December 29th, the consoles mysteriously disappear from his store page. The uh, tweets mysteriously disappear from his Twitter, and, and one uh, reappears saying, I had to boss up. I didn't have a choice. Shrug emoji. <laughs> and as it turns out, there was indeed a, a a pending threat of a legal lawsuit from Nintendo that uh, uh, prompted him into closing down what had previously been described as a 100% legit stay mad and I'll keep getting richer business. To be fair, uh, reading up on this guy... He has tried, other than music, he's tried his own fashion line that ended after one run. He created his own record production that ended. He had an acting career where he made his own cartoon titled Soldier Boy, the animated series, but only one episode ever aired. 
He desired to make a film about himself, so he did, and it was a direct-to-video documentary about him. And then he made his own poker tournament, and then he made Sochi Game. He's so into himself. No one wants that stuff. No one wants to listen to someone being so into themselves. (laughs) He made a cartoon called Soldier Boy, really? Even even Jaden Smith made a cartoon. He didn't even call it Jaden Smith. (laughs) How dumb. (laughs) Like... If I ever make a cartoon, am I just going to call it George? George? Plenty of <laughs> curious <laughs> George you cloning yourself. It looks like um, you know the world finally cranked him this time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> stop that, Matt! Just trying to bring a young man's you hustle either... down. You either crank long or, or crank it hard enough to become the villain. Listen, he's in, he's in, he's in Cali. If I see him on the street, I'm just going to be like, ah, I don't need a picture with that guy. <laughs> 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 I'm just going to walk by like nothing. Like I didn't see anybody. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell people I saw Soldier Boy. It's just going to be like it's another guy walking on the street. God, I've lost so much, I, I, <laughs> so much respect for him. <laughs> I had so much to begin with, but Jesus. I, I feel almost bad for not buying one as a joke. He has 770,000 subscribers on YouTube, George. He's, what? he's hustling hard. Gotta respect him. been doing it for a long time. So, uh, speaking of hustling people, um, if you would like to interact with our <laughs> wonderful show here, then please send some uh, <laughs> thoughts, comments, suggestions, or preferably questions to dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to pitch us on your fantasy game ideas and send us pitches uh, for the segment called Dadadin to dad and sons podcast at gmail so we can sell them on chinese knockoff consoles with soldier boy i man i'm i i gotta make sure that uh that that i throw in a disclaimer there that any ideas you submit to the dad and sons podcast our, at gmail.com are are uh gonna be out in the world for anyone to to take ours. because we are are a democratic marketplace of ideas here we just we just get to. We're him. just gonna sell them to Soldier Boy. <laughs> Soldier Boy's that guy's stupid enough to buy them. <laughs> so, the first listener question we have here is about dreams. Evan H. Ewan H. Rather asks, "I once had a dream that I was playing Dark Souls and got super hyped that the latest patch added in a Hymos language option. Hymos, in case you don't know, Hymnos, in, in fact, is the made-up, needlessly excessive." Conlang made for the Artanelico series of obscure JRPGs. <gasps> okay. What is the nerdiest dream involving le- epic gamer geek games you've ever had? Surely your hobbies must have bled into your no- nocturnal subconsciousness at some point. Mm-hmm. I I had one tonight. I don't think I've ever dreamed about video games. You've never dreamed about Tetris? 
No. Good. I think I've dreamed about game ideas. Oh wait, that's actually that's that's an answer, right? Yeah. That that fits. I maybe I've dreamed about like playing upcoming games. Like if I've been excited about I don't know Smash or something like that. I'm like, oh, I really want to play Smash, and you know, I had a dream about that maybe. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I can't recall a time of having a very specific video game based dream. Uh, I dreamed last night some horrifying body horror bullshit involving me getting decapitated a lot. But the weird wow. thing is, is that every instance where it happened, like my body was just able to pick my head back up, rub some Neosporin on the stump and put it back oh, on. Oh, you've been playing that shitty Konami just, game like, then. Never dead. Um, I, I, I think it actually has a lot to do with Netflix Castlevania. Like, how excessive the gore was in that series is, is like, a recent thought on my mind, as well as this horrible head cough I have. So I think it's my subconscious just being like, you know what, George, your head's causing you more problems than it's helping, so let's just... Let's cut it let's off. Let's just have fun with it while you still got it. <laughs> let's yeah. Let's cut it off. Let's, let's turn it into a modular tool. Let's use it as a bowling ball. Right, uh, right. Yeah, I'm too busy having dreams about driving up crazy highways and falling off into the water <laughs> oh yeah i bet i bet california has a lot of those the pacific coastal highway doesn't it go for like hundreds of miles just next to the oh, ocean? oh yeah yeah i think on the side but it's next to the ocean not that like uh not like above it or anything like that um there's one in virginia that's like that but no i for some reason i have these dreams where i'm driving Dude. and all of a sudden the highway goes up 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 until it's like going at a, a, a almost ninety degree angle, <laughs> and guys... I'm so scared. Like everyone's fine, everyone's driving, but me, I'm like sweating bricks. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then my car slowly starts to lose, you know. Foot. Is Liam gonna talk about how he has happy dreams with full nights of sleep? And no, I'm gonna and, ask and like goals and accomplishments. No, I'm gonna ask like. Do you guys dream, like, often? Because I don't dream. There's, like, a 50-50 chance yeah. with me. Like, yeah, like, I tend not to dream. Like, I fall asleep thinking about things, and then I wake up remembering those things I was thinking about, but I never, like, have a dream. Very, very rarely. I think we're all dreaming, we just don't remember it. Yeah, I think I, I definitely don't remember more often mm-hmm. than I do remember. Yeah. Like 90% of the time. So it just feels like I go to sleep and I wake up. I mean, ultimately, when you get down to it, how can you even be sure that this podcast we're doing right now is not a dream? George, <laughs> this is the worst dream I'm involved in then. <laughs> how is it? So, um, you know, you got some some sweet, sweet gigs over there. You know what I'm saying? Things are happening. That's true. It's true. That's, I get to talk to my dad every week, dream. my sons. So, next question we have from Jacob F. I, uh, I think this might be a little more of a, of a contentious one, but really, really long. I'll try to shorten it as I can. Jacob F. asks... I've been listening to your podcast in reverse when I run out of new episodes, and when listening to the Barry Kramer episode, he mentioned wait, we're talking about streaming games that quote... Wait, 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 wait. what? He listens to podcasts yeah, yeah, yeah. in reverse, as in like in reverse order, or as in like 
So we sound like Satan. <laughs> so in reverse <laughs> order. Oh my God. I wonder, Liam, which one could it possibly be? Well, it doesn't <laughs> say reverse order. It just says in reverse. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I was know. Like, that's but an intriguing way to explain some common dad sit. Can someone send us audio clips of us sounding like Satan backwards? That would be fun. No. What if we've no. like accidentally been been coding some horrifying messages in in reverse? Yeah. And we don't if even you know play it. every episode of Dad and Sons backwards, it just says buy David Cage games, buy David Cage games, buy David Cage games. Did you buy Heavy Rain? <laughs> That's us. <laughs> what did you stuff in your David Cage game this week? Sonic movie will be good. Sonic movie will be good. Yo, no, I'm actually really excited about. Okay, I like garbage. I like getting drunk and. I hope it's like gar- really, okay, really good, and you're very disappointed that it's really good. No, I what will it, what will happen is it'll be really good, and George won't even finish watching it. <laughs> if it turns out to be really good, I'll be a lot more bored and might play oh, some God. other media. Anyways, Jacob F. asks, I've been listening to your podcast in reverse order, I assume, when I run out of new episodes. (laughs) And when listening to the Barry Kramer episode, he mentioned when talking about streaming games that, quote, as long as it makes games more accessible, I'm for that. This struck me as an interesting point. I'm not against new people becoming interesting in gaming. It doesn't affect me. I don't care. What does affect me is long-term market moves by developers and publishers courting new markets that have been drawn to gaming by increasing low barriers to entries. To attract, retain, and grow these new markets, devs and publishers need to appeal to more more to these new demographics making games easier is a prime example uh the 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 new pokemon games on the switch is a example the design decisions of no wild pokemon battles and the force type bonus for jim now significantly has been less excited pokemon has never been a difficult game and yet the pokemon company have seen fit to make the latest installment insultingly easy uh basically tldr uh uh, 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 I, 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 I am trying to sound a little nicer to this guy, but even they're a little self-deprecating. <clears throat> now to the obvious retort, that I am some sort of gaming elitist, a dreaded hardcore gamer. Maybe I am. I know that when looking for video games is, is what I'm looking for is a depth of systems and interactions often not found in the catalogs of Ubisoft's latest open puddle games or Fallout 4 sarcastic remark addiction. Yet these games sell well and get sequels to appear to wider and wider audiences, and it leaves me wondering what the future holds for people like myself. Man, it's like <laughs> it's weird to even ask this question right now because the most, the highest selling console in the world is the Nintendo Switch right now, which is easily just now passed over. PS4. Which is easily probably one of the most hardcore, like, and also accessible things ever made. I think there's some kind of circular logic both to the economic theory that that I believe in and his own question. And also, because stuff like with Pokemon Let's Go, for example, like everyone will remember I got really went on a rant about what was shown about Pokemon Let's Go before, Mm -hmm. which is the the whole it's making it insultingly easy. It's, It's trying to pander to that mobile crowd of people who've never played a Pokemon game. They just play Pokemon Go. And while the game has missteps, like not offering more control options for people who don't want to use the stupid Pokemon Go motion controls, the changes the game makes makes a 20-year-old RPG way fucking better than it ever was, right? Sometimes companies get it wrong, and they try to pander to too many audiences, 
and that creates a game that doesn't really know what it wants to be for example giant open world games that try and do everything but having accessible things that like mobiles and the Nintendo Switch that allow people from all walks of life to play video games doesn't mean that developers are going to immediately just be like, well, there's this new audience that we can open up to and we have to make our games cater to those people. It's not how it works. My, my initial response is super duper simple and that's just don't pay attention to AAA games if they're not what interest you anymore. And my longer, more complicated response is that as gaming grows more popular and AAA games start to appeal to wider demographics, niches will develop that will be able to have greater commercial support than before precisely because of what the future holds for people like yourself. Like, Pokemon, I think, as he mentioned, is like an entry-level JRPG for kids. There are way more complicated places to go from there up to and including weird uh, uh, fan-made comic-con games that um comic-cat games that that can get really really particular and obscure in detail if if that's what you're into and it's really weird that he says what does affect me is long-term market moves by developers well the fact is like ever since like the 90s where video gaming was only people who played on like high-end pcs that could play doom Video games have always been getting more accessible because it's become this mainstream media that anyone can consume. It's always been going that way. So video games always been transitioning yeah. into this. Nothing has changed. The NES you just, was mainstream. You just, like, Tetris is one of the most famous games of all time because anybody could play it. Does that make the Tetris... The NES is one of the most popular consoles in history and it was regarded as a toy for children. Yeah. So it's... This has always been a problem. Well, it's not. I don't know if it's always been a problem. I think it's always been an aspect to this industry that is inescapable. The solution is, as a hardcore fan of these older franchises that are becoming more insultingly easy, is to get into new franchises yes. and try not to let your love for gaming die and, and as as the markets change, but the products stay the same. Well, of course, video gaming is getting more expensive. Like to make video games, it's becoming more expensive. So. Video game companies have to take less risks and to maximize more profit, which sucks because that means, unfortunately, not for a lack of accessibility, but we get this stagnant, like, towards the end of the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 era where it was just fucking Assassin's Creed game after Call of Duty game after Battlefield game after FIFA game, like, constantly stagnated, shitty sequels of popular franchises that millions of people played. It just ruined video game creativity for like six years. It was awful, right? But now you have all these like indie developers and mobile developers and people who can develop to, for the Switch who have like a, a a whole suite of free products they use to make games. That means there yeah. is definitely a game out there for you and for anyone. And if you don't like and stuff like Pokemon Let's Go, which is an RPG maybe you were a fan of before, go play Pillars of Eternity or something like that. There... What what I, th I think I have had the most fun with over the past year, like double A, I guess you could call them publishers that ride the lines between the two. Primary example being how popular Metal Gear got and became an, an insultingly bland open puddle game with... 
with a lot of uh, uh, strange design decisions plus clear fatigue from the original developers themselves turning that franchise in, into mush while Hitman which is something that always kind of existed in the high in, in the in the sidelines of the stealth game genre world without big major mega hits suddenly finally now has its moment to take up the mantle and inherit a lot of the really a lot of similar appeal that Metal Gear did now that um the industry as a whole is constantly growing bigger and larger and more polished. It gives smaller projects opportunities to succeed in the footsteps of previous ones. You just got to have a little more of an open mind. Yeah. And like what defines hardcore? Because hardcore is almost the stupidest thing, the stupidest term in video games. Like there was a tweet floating around yesterday of a guy's grandmother who played Animal Crossing New Leaf on her DS Every day. And she had done since the game had come out. And the DS broke. So they wanted to get her a new one. And while he was doing the system transfer. He took a picture of the screenshot of her playtime. On Animal Crossing. It was like 3,800 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is she not a hardcore gamer? Because I've never ever played a game. For 3,800 hours. I don't know. I mean... I mean, one thing I want to clarify is that I get what he's talking about. And I also want to, like, concede that, like, Hitman 2016 and Hitman 2 were not commercial successes. It's more that I think that there's just so much more money floating around the video game industry that it can now support projects like that, regardless of if they even turn a profit. Like, Hitman now has AAA production values where it did not before, even if it's not selling AAA numbers mm. or or trying to hit a mainstream AAA audience. And also... I don't know whether it's, like, there are more video games now than ever before. Like, Steam had 15,000 games released for it in 2018. Did you used to like... you know, they're going to regard that as a problem. but But that means the variation would support... Your means point that the economy is getting that, bigger. That, More people are growing up to be video game developers and actually succeeding. Yeah, but it also means that the variation... the most important thing in the long yeah, run. Yeah, the variation is there as well, which means there is a video game out there yeah. for you and for other people who don't play the same games as you. And it ultimately means that you don't have to work at a grocery store checkout line the rest of your life. And I will take a bloated Steam market over that any day. Uh, any other any other thoughts? Smash Smash including... has just become the fastest selling game of the year, <laughs> and Smash is a game that caters and allows for anybody to play it, and that's based on feedback from all variations of players. It hasn't just like gone and asked the melee crowd like, "Hey, how should we make the next Smash Brothers more competitive?" and so only the best people in the world will enjoy it. They take feedback from everyone, and, you know, Smash Ultimates turned out to be a pretty damn good game, and it's sold millions. Hey, hey Matt. Mm. Matt. You, you, you I, still I'm, there? I'm still there. You, you, guys, you guys are covering all the bases. All the bases. Good job, guys. Do, do you have any... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I feel patronized. <laughs> All right, what at five? We'll move Three on hours to the next sleep, one. <laughs> Three hours. Speaking of, I need to go to bed, so let's hurry this up. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, last question for the day. Axtonim says, you can resurrect any old or not so old franchise from dormancy on one condition. You need to reinvent the game's genre or change the core gameplay enough to make a drastic change. Examples, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Resident Evil, Resident Evil 4, Zelda turning into Breath of the Wild, or Metal Gear turning into a pachinko machine. (laughs) Or an escape room. I know, and that's like the thing that is boggling my mind so much. There's so many cool escape room concepts I can think of now that I would not have been able to before if I hadn't done this thing. <gasps> Anyways, they, I'll be thinking. You have to try and think of one that isn't a stealth game. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, oh. <gasps> mm, mm. Uh, I think I, I might have one. Um... There's some logistics I'm going to have to think through, though. I'm trying to make a game now that i have always wanted to make go on that is like i really like tactics games like on the lines of like fire emblem and into the breach i've always kind of wanted to make a soccer based tactics game what although it's not a, it's not an old franchise would, would it be turn-based? Yeah, it would be turn-based. Like, like, but it's more like... The, what I'm thinking of is more along the lines of... It's more along the lines of chess. Whatever you do, don't make Blitzball. No, oh. it's... It's it's no. it's soccer, but with... More like chess than it would be a tactics game. That's that's kind of what I've always wanted to make. I, I like soccer and I like tactics, and I feel like a turn-based version of that with some unique rules and stuff would be great. And in Azuma 11, the game that came out on the DS didn't count. <laughs> yeah, like what franchise in particular? I guess you could just say FIFA. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't know. You see, that's why it's not my answer. It's not my answer <laughs> to this question. It's just like, what what is like a, what is like something that exists currently that could, that would be wildly different while right. soccer being a tactics game would be the immediate thing in my head. Yeah, I have a strange concept in my head as well, and that is a, a a way to turn an Assassin's Creed game into a VR game, but with a focus on tactile puzzles that are particularly themed off of how different um, day-to-day interactions with your world would be in a historical setting versus a modern one. For example, having to, like, crank a pump in your kitchen to get water versus just turning a faucet. So... It would be more like a puzzle game than a stealth action game, so I guess my choice of franchise isn't, like, the best, but there's not a lot of historical period piece video games to choose from here basically i I like the idea of first person vr puzzles kind of like teaching you how different life would have been in a different setting i think of a lot of things i would like to be in vr or for some people to experiment and make in vr like like having to to heat a house with uh with with some weird medieval era coal burning system that that has you fetching wood from some other far away location. I feel like a VR battle royale game would be fun. Scary. Like exploring this giant piece of land with a hundred other players in first person st- like staking out houses oh. and stuff while in first person oh, would be you... pretty cool. 
if you ever get that PSVR headset, you should check out the Rec Royale. Yeah. God, fuck. It's only 15 players. That, Shouldn't have decided but it does to move. still have you, like... <laughs> you're, you're always scanning the horizon line, searching for cover, and, and wondering if there's someone hidden in it. Mm. Uh, this the... Anyways. Uh, uh, hey, hey, Matt. Yeah, Matt, yeah, you back I, there? I would say... Uh... Uh, you remember the two human franchise? Good, pretty good, pretty good game. <laughs> who could <laughs> franchise? Who could yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the sequels, so many sequels, so many in, sequels that in that franchise. Dennis Dyack was killing it back then. You remember that? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would, I would make that into a David Cage game, right? It, it's, it's, you know, of being too human, being but playing up the the cyber drama of no, cyber just, just the name mythology. the name being too human you know because david oh. cage ah, makes okay. amazing oh like like from the yeah, prey concept amazing yeah. films ah. about being human and stuff so just get rid of all the space stuff yeah just it's just too human it's not even sci-fi wait it's just like do you do you just want to rename detroit become human into yes. too human yeah just too too human uh Sadly enough, yeah. I could picture that. <laughs> what about yeah. what about making Mario a tennis game? Wait, wait, that 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 exists though. Or or a golf game. What if your mom was Mario? Or or a karting game. Oh. Or well, that hasn't been done. A dance game. Yeah. Or a soccer. What about Fuck a me, Mario's done Sons a, game. Mario's done a a lot of quirky shit. Maybe too human can be like an alien that comes down, and then too he's alien? trying to be human. No, too human. And you have to like make mark. choices to see what type of human he becomes—a good human, bad human. Uh-huh. Like a video game version of uh, that Prometheus and Bob sketch from Totally Rad. <laughs> yes. I feel like I previously had an opportunity to push again for a Fallout town builder, and. Uh, now might as well be another opportunity. No, Fallout needs to. Oh, needs to to die. <laughs> and get replaced by some other niche franchise that can take up the mantle of high production values of a more refined post-apocalyptic role-playing concept than what the Fallout franchise became. Because now there actually is a niche of people demanding that product. Which is why the video game industry growing bigger all the time is kind of sort of a good thing, is that it means more niches to fill. I like where video games are now. We have bird dating games. We have Mario playing golf with friends. We have real life versions of video we games have, in Japan. Yeah, we have yeah Metal Gear Solid Escape Rooms. VR. And we have cool God, VR cool. platformers yeah. like Astrobot. Video games are pretty cool, right? God, that was so cool. I just, I just hope the VR stuff gets better. But that's something that you're uh, very familiar with hearing here on the Dad and Sons podcast. Your favorite show about anime and Japan <laughs> and yeah and institutional racism. <laughs> <laughs> and then the black show theme plays in the background 